You have, a lot of you have copies of the notes, but I'm going to go to a scripture that's not on the notes. Uh, let's look at Ephesians 2, 18 and 19. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 18 and 19. I want to read that out of the King James. It says, For through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. And it's talking about through Jesus. We both, and that's talking about the Jew and the Gentile alike. If you go above that and read that. We through him both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Now therefore you're no more strangers and foreigners but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. We're no longer foreigners, but we're fellow citizens with the saints of the household of God. That's who we are. We need to identify ourselves, and it's through and by the Spirit of God that we've been made one with Him, with Christ. It's by the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God in us brings us in union with God. God is a spirit. Those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And we don't just come to church to, to fill out our report card. I, I, I was there in attendance. Thank you for being here in attendance. I'm not belittling that. I'm saying we come to church for a purpose. We come to be transformed by Jesus Christ. Amen. We come to allow the word of God. To grow us just a little bit better. Mature us a little bit. And I like what Leanne had to say also. That I'm better off today than I was two years ago. And I'm much better off today than I was five years ago. And hopefully every one of us sitting in this room. In a year's time. We can look back and say you know what. I've grown in the things of God. I've grown in the knowledge of Him. And the Bible says, Grace and peace will be multiplied unto us through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace. Anybody need some more of that? Man, we need all the good things that God has to offer. And He will pour out His Spirit upon us and desires to pour His Spirit through us. He wants us to be channels and avenues for His Spirit. He wants us, and we really are the light of the world. We're the salt of the earth. He desires for us to shine pretty bright and be pretty salty. <laughs> I'm going to get down on the salty dog here in a little bit if y'all don't, don't go to amen in me here in a little bit. I'm telling you, God has put his spirit in us for a purpose and for a reason that we might look like him, talk like him, act like him, be like him in this life. And that well that we used to get in, the, the well of salvation, was for us. But that river of life that we're in now, we can swim in it. See, we're born of the Spirit of God, that well. And then when we get filled with the Spirit of God, it's a river. You can either go wading or you can go swimming. I like swimming. Amen. There's, there's so many scriptures in the Bible that shows us the work of grace of God that 
It's beyond just salvation. It's beyond just believing in Jesus and just getting born again. Not against that. That's the prerequisite for being filled with the Spirit of God. We, could, we become born again, born of the Spirit of God, and then we can be filled with the Spirit of God also. And I want to be filled with what God has for me. Amen? All right, let's look in John chapter 20, verse 22. And we're talking about the Holy Spirit within us brings understanding. The Holy Spirit within us brings understanding. I've read scripture after scripture after scripture and not understand very much. For several years, I was a Christian and I was not baptized in the Holy Ghost. And I'll just say personally, being baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit made a big difference in my life. And many of y'all can say the same thing. And we're not here, I promise you, I'm not here to try to upset you or change your mind. Well, yeah, I am here to change your mind if it's not thinking correctly. But, you know, if you've been taught against the Holy Spirit or taught that the Spirit of God's not for us today, I'm not mad at you. Please don't get mad at me. Just let's listen to the Scriptures. Let's listen to the Spirit of God. See what He has to say about what we think. And I found out a long time ago that what I think, if it don't line up with what he says, my thinking's wrong. Man, was I wrong. <laughs> I was wrong about most everything in, in the Bible because personally I didn't read the Bible. I didn't understand the Bible. I didn't know what the Bible said. I had my opinion of what I thought it said. And then anytime anyone said anything contrary to what I thought, they were wrong. I mean, that's the way we are, right? I mean, I don't believe that. There's a reason we don't believe something. is because we've either thought differently or been taught differently than what the Word of God says. Because everyone that's born of the Spirit of God has a hunger for the things of God. The carnal mind, the Bible says, is enmity. It's opposed to what God's Word says. Our carnal mind cannot accept the things of God. We have to get our mind renewed to the spiritual things of God so that we might understand the things that are freely given to us. Y'all don't feel sorry for me. My throat's okay. It just don't know it yet. <laughs> let's, let's get into the Word. John chapter 20, verse 22. And when he had said this, talking about Jesus, he breathed on them and said unto them, Receive you the Holy Ghost. Now this is after Jesus had, had died and resurrected from the dead, shown himself to some of his disciples, and Thomas wasn't there. And then Thomas was there when he shows up again. And Thomas is, everybody knows Doubting Thomas. We call him Doubting Thomas. Well, we could call ourselves Doubting whatever our name was. Amen. Because we didn't believe everything the Word said either. Some of the other disciples came to Thomas and said, You ain't going to believe this. When, when we start out like that, it's a good chance they're not going to believe it. Has anybody ever came? You're not going to believe this. It's like, well, what are you telling me for then? 
Now, that's not in the Bible. I'm just reading this in between the lines here. But I really believe that the disciples came to one another and they came to Thomas. Said, Thomas, you're not going to believe this. Believe what? We were in the upper room. That's where they were hanging out after Jesus had been crucified. Right before he went and got crucified, remember, they were up there uh, doing communion together. Jesus said, hey, drink this. This is my blood shed for you. This is the blood of the New Testament. As often as you do this, take it in remembrance of me and eat this bread. This is the body, my body that's broken for you. That's the same upper room they went back to after Jesus had hung on the cross and now he had risen from the dead and had showed himself to some of these disciples, these apostles in the upper room. And they told Thomas, dude, you ain't going to believe it. Jesus showed up. Like, oh, come on, man. I saw him hang on the cross. I saw saw them take him down from the cross. I saw him dead. See, we get moved by what we see, what we know happened. We're, we're pretty hung up on what we know. And then I like it. It's Jesus just kind of shows up, the doors being locked, and just kind of walks in. Now, that'll make a believer out of you. It's like, where'd you come from? Jesus shows up, says, hey, Thomas. Come here and put your finger in my hands, the holes in my hand. Put your hand in my side. Thomas did. It's like, whoa. It's like he's a believer now. Jesus said, Thomas, blessed is he that believes without seeing. We need to believe God for whatever his word says. If we'll begin to believe what the word of God says before we see it, I promise you we'll have a better chance of seeing it. Amen. We, a lot of us, are we pretty hard-headed and stubborn. That's what my wife told me anyway. It's like we're hard-headed, we're stubborn. And man, when we believe something, we believe it. I just want us to be that hard-headed and that stubborn. When we really get the truth, nobody can talk us out of it now. But we need to have the proof, and it's the Word of God, whatever God's Word says. Turn over to Acts chapter 1. We're going to read several verses. Acts chapter 1, starting with verse number 3. said, To whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. This is talking about Jesus again. And being assembled together with them, commanded them, that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which said he, you have heard of me. Verse 5. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days from now. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel and he said unto them it's not for you to know the times or the seasons which the father has put in his own power but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come up on you and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem in all Judea and in Samaria 
and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. How many of y'all believe that that really happened? The Bible says Jesus was speaking to them, and this is what really caught my attention in this, these scriptures here. The very last thing that came out of the mouth of Jesus, he was telling his disciples about being baptized in the Holy Ghost. He was telling them, has any of y'all ever went on a vacation or a trip and you're leaving your teenage kids at home? Well, I'm not saying you ought to do that. <laughs> but I can just about imagine what you're telling them. You're not telling them, you know, the crackers are in the cabinet. Are y'all with me? You're telling them the most important things that you know you need to leave with them before you take off. You give them the most important things. This is the last thing Jesus said. But ye, talking to his apostles and disciples there, he said, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, all Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. And it says he was caught up in a cloud. They watched him. If you read that, they just watched him go up. And they're like, where'd he go? He was taken up by the Spirit into the clouds to be with the Lord. And it says a couple angels hanging out in white robes said, Why stand you gazing and looking among the clouds? He said, in like manner, he's going to return just the way he took off. So the good news is this. Even though Jesus left, Jesus is coming back. Amen. But I, I can't get off of this. this. I'm telling you, he said to his disciples before he died, before all this came down, he kept telling them, look, guys, I'm going to go away. I'm going to go to the Father. I'm going to be crucified. He kept telling them. And they're like, oh, no, not so. This ain't going to happen. Get behind me, Satan. He, he just kept telling them and letting them know what was fixing to take place. And then he told them one thing. He said, it's profitable for you that I go away. And I've mentioned this several times. He kept telling them, look, it's more beneficial for you that I go away because if I don't go away, the Comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, can't come he can't come until I leave I got to go to the father to send down the Holy Spirit so that now we all can have what Jesus had see we're not just a church we're the church of the Lord Jesus Christ and I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself but I want you to know this the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us the scripture says, know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, that he dwells in you? Man, if we get a hold of who we are in him and what we have in him and understand it's that same spirit that was in the tomb the day the light came back on. Woo! I'm telling you, it'd be like, oh, that's, that's that same spirit, that's that same one. It's the same spirit 
that raised Christ from the dead is who I'm talking about right now. And unfortunately, many, many churches across the country preach that that's done away with and it's not for us today. I'm here to tell you he's come, he's already been sent, and he's here forever and he ain't going nowhere. And he's for everybody that will believe. Amen. The last thing Jesus said before he took off, he's talking to them about you need to get filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Look at verse 12. It says, Then returned they unto Jerusalem, talking about the apostles and the disciples, from the mount called Olive, that's where Jesus ascended, which is from Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey. And when they were come in, they were up into the upper room where abode both Peter, James, John, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon, Zealots, and Judas, the brother of James. Now listen to this. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, was with his brethren. So I want y'all to get a picture of this. All these apostles and the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, they had left when Jesus said, Go and tarry and don't leave Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Okay? So they went. They're in the upper room. Now let's go to Acts chapter 2. Start with verse number 1. Now, who's in the upper room? If you read that a little bit further, Peter got up and told the names of the people that were there, and it says there were about 120 that got up in the upper room. Now, Acts 2, 1. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled, all of them, every one of them, the mother of Jesus, Mary, and the other ladies, and all the apostles, well, about 120 it says. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. That's what the Bible says. That people say, oh no, it couldn't be. And I'm, I'm here to say, oh yes, it was. It happened. It's recorded. It's, it's written for our admonition. Who was there? The apostles, some of the disciples, the mother of Jesus, Mary Magdalene. Some of those people were there in the upper room. They were all in one accord, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen? That's what the Bible says. And I'm not going to go there, but in Acts chapter 6, this is after they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, it says the Grecian women were not getting food distribution, and there was a quarrel among the people. And they said, you know, we need, we need to work on this. So the apostles got together 
and said, uh, get all the disciples, pull them together, and choose out seven men among you full of the Holy Ghost and full of faith and put them over this matter that we might give ourselves continually to prayer and ministering the Word. Okay? So there's different people talked about, and he said one of the prerequisites for them to help serve tables was that they be filled with the Holy Ghost. It's in there. You read it. Acts chapter 6. Go at your homework. Lesson for y'all to go read this out. And it said it pleased them. They got all the disciples together. And it, that pleased them. So they chose out seven men. Full of the Holy Ghost. Full of faith. Stephen was one. You remember he got, he got out there and got stoned. And Philip was one. And the other five, it don't mention much about them. But they serve tables. But out of that seven men, there's a lot of story about Philip. And it goes on in Acts chapter 8. And it said, and Philip went down to Samaria and preached the gospel to him. And, and so he's out preaching the gospel. And he's just one of those guys that they that they appointed to serve tables, to wait on the Grecian women, okay? He's there. And how many of you know that ministry just kind of finds you when you're serving and you're doing one thing over here, you wind up doing two or three things over here. That's just the way ministry is. When you start helping people, there's more than one person that needs help. And you just have a heart to help Pretty soon, you're helping everybody you come in contact with because we're servants of the Most High God. And we found out in the Bible, it said, if you want to be great in the kingdom, be servant of all. Leanne mentioned that Victory Life Church got the, got the award in McCurtain County, best church in McCurtain County. You know what? You, the people, are the church. And it's because you and what you do in this building is why it's said we're the best church in town. It's because of y'all. You know why? Because I look around and nearly every one of y'all serve this community. When, when you're called upon, hey, we need some help feeding the people on Main Street. Boom. We got it. When we need Thanksgiving Day, we're helping feed a bunch of people. Boom. You're there. We have a funeral. Hey, we need a meal. Boom. You're that. Boom. Y'all get, get the, the kids. I shouldn't be talking like that. They're back there. Y'all don't know what I'm saying. What are you talking about? Boom. Boom. I don't really know what I'm talking about. I've just heard them say, boom. <laughs> so really, I'm not as cool as y'all think I am. I just want to throw that out let you know that. But it's because of you, the church, you are the body of Christ. You are the church. You are Victory Life Church. And so I want you to give yourself a hand. Y'all got the best church in town. It's because of y'all. <laughs> Amen. And there's many good churches in this community that are all working together. And, and what we're doing is just building people, building them up in the Spirit of God. And transforming them by Jesus Christ. That's what our goal is. Amen. So 
All these people in the upper room, they got filled on down. Philip goes out, ministers. Look at Acts chapter 8, begin with verse number 12. He's been preaching. He's in Samaria preaching the gospel. But when they believed Philip, preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Then Simon himself believed also. He was a sorcerer. Simon believed also. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and wondered, beholding the miracles and the signs which were done. So Philip just preaching the gospel, God's using him for signs and wonders, and he was not one of the apostles. So you're going to find out that from the day of Pentecost, God started filling people with the Spirit, and good and mighty things started happening through ordinary people just like us. Amen? See, so many people say, hey, that's just the apostles. No, it started with the apostles, and it went from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria to the uttermost parts of the earth. We're part of that other, uttermost parts of the earth, Oklahoma. We're in the United States. We're here. And then we could narrow it down. We're in Oklahoma in the United States. And then we could narrow it down a little further. We're in McCurtain County in Oklahoma in the United States. And then we can say, we're in Broken Bow in McCurtain County in Oklahoma in the United States. See, God wants to pinpoint and narrow it down to who we are in Him. We're not just a bunch of people that comes to a building called a church. We're a bunch of people that are the church coming to a building. Amen. We make up the body of Christ and God has pinpointed us that we're no longer uh, outcasts, but we're citizens of the household of God. He's pinpointed us and said, hey, you're my kid now. You're part of my family. We're no longer just people in the earth. Now we're born again people in the earth. And then we got spirit-filled. We're spirit-filled, born-again, spirit-filled people in the earth. And we make a difference in this life. People's lives get changed because of you. That's God's plan. See, we don't just come to church to get something. We come to church to give something. I'm telling you, you guys do. You're not just here to get something. You, come, you give more than you get. And that's awesome. Amen. Now, when the apostles, verse number 14, when the apostles were, which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John who when they were come down, they prayed with them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. Well, wait a minute. I thought when you believed and you got baptized and all that, you had everything you needed. Not according to the Word of God. Not according to the Bible. And verse 16 says, For as yet, he talking about the Holy Ghost, he was not falling on none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then laid they their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. Now see, from the day of Pentecost, in the upper room, when the 120 were filled with the Holy Ghost, 
Now the Holy Ghost is in that 120. Now that 120 begins to go out. They, they begin to spread out. Then they become disciples, a bunch of disciples over here. They begin to go out and preach the gospel. Then they send Peter and John, who are filled with the Holy Ghost, for sure, and they go lay hands on this group of people in Samaria that received the word of God and was saved and baptized. They go, and now they're going to minister the Holy Spirit to these people. It's in the Bible. It's so plain. This is just one, one passage. It's way throughout all the book of Acts over and over and over again. Acts chapter 10, when Peter went down to Cornelius' house, Acts 10, 40, I think and while Peter yet spake these words the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard him speaking and those that were with him the Christians that went with Peter it says they were astonished that the Holy Spirit was poured out on the Gentiles just like it was on them and I'm thinking how'd they know the Holy Spirit was poured out on them I'm glad you asked because the next verse says because they heard them speak with other tongues and magnify God. That's how they knew the Holy Spirit came upon the Gentiles too. This is a big deal because the Jews were the chosen people. They thought they were the only ones going to get what God had. And it, aren't you glad the Gentiles, us, we got it also? Aren't you glad it's not just for the Jew? but for the Gentile alike. And then we all become the Israel of God because of what God did through us by Jesus. Amen. I'm going to skip uh, John chapter 3. I want to skip over that. I've got a few more minutes. I want to hit a few more scriptures. I want to skip to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. This is good. The Bible says in Ephesians 6, 12, it says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but some of us do. <laughs> but the Bible says, We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. That sounds like some pretty wicked spirits to me, but that's what the Bible says that we wrestle against. Anybody ever have any troubles? It's like, where'd this come from? What's going on here? I don't deserve this. We all make those statements. It's like, you know, we don't understand. It's an attack of the enemy, and we wrestle against those spirits. Verse 13 says, Wherefore, take, you, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand... Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Now, the sword of the Spirit is God's word. In John 6, 63, Jesus said, The words I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. 
So the Spirit of God and His Word coming through our mouth is like a sword fighting against the principalities and the powers of darkness that come against us. We have to arm ourselves. We have to be prepared to come against the enemy. And the only way we're going to be able to, to defeat the enemy is with the Word of God coming out of our mouth. Not if I've got my Bible on the dash of the car. Now, it's okay if you drive with the Bible on the dash of the car. But until that Bible gets out of the dash, into your heart, coming out of your mouth, it's not going to cut much. Amen. I'm just telling you. The Word of God, the Spirit, the Word and the Spirit are the same. And the Word of God is a spiritual sword that we have as a tool to defeat the enemy. I've said this over and over, and I'm going to keep repeating it as long as I'm around, that every time the enemy came against Jesus, Jesus came back with, it is written. When the devil tempted Jesus, Jesus said, it is written. We have to arm ourselves with the sword of the Spirit. Whatever we're going through, we need to find ourselves some Scripture. That's the bullets in your gun. If we run around with a cap gun, it ain't going to do much good. And, you know, like, a, well, if we have the Bible on the dash of the car and we don't get it in us, it won't do us much good. It won't keep you from getting a ticket. And neither will it, it even if you get it in your heart. If you speed, you're probably going to get a ticket. Well, I wanted you to pray for me that I didn't get... I pray you quit speeding. <laughs> Amen. People, I mean, we have funny ideas. Well, I, that don't apply to me. I'm in a hurry. Isn't the whole world? Isn't the whole world in a hurry? Yeah. yeah. Just get up an hour earlier. You'll be all right. Slow down. I'm, I, I better quit. I'm meddling now. Let me get on. Let me get back to the scriptures talking about the Holy Ghost and stuff like that instead of getting on to people. We just have funny ideals. We'll just pray over that and it'll all be okay. I'm going to drive 70 because I'm in a hurry. The cop said, no, you ain't. Have you ever noticed when you're really in a hurry, that's when you get slowed down? I mean, you really got to be somewhere at the right time that something's going to happen. Even if the cop don't get you, the train will. There's, there's things it's like, I'll show you. Yeah, and you sit there at that train, and that train's going by slow, and you're mad. You ain't got no patience. You're not operating in the Holy Spirit, what I'm talking about tonight. The Spirit of God give you peace and comfort. See, we test ourselves. Are we really full of the Holy Spirit? Are we, well, and that train goes slow, and you're just, need, you're just chomping at the bitch, you know, what that is. And then the train stops. And you're blah, 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 not talking in tongues. I'm talking about <laughs> you're laying it out. I'm in a hurry, God. How come this always happens to me? Then the train starts backing up real slow. And you think, well, they're going to get on out of the way. And then the train goes, boom. It's hooking up to some more trains down there. And they're fixing to go back this way again. 
Your patience are being tried. The Bible says, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith makes your patience work. That'll preach. What do we have need of? We all have need of patience. That after we've done the will of God, we can obtain the promise. I'm just telling you, we need to allow the Spirit of God that's in us to really be powerful in us. And when we get in a situation that we know we can't change, you ain't going to make that train hurry up. That's a good time to just, Lord, thank you for the patience that you're giving me right now. And, and it's good. Then you can pray in the Holy Ghost right there because you don't want to pray the way you're thinking. <laughs> Praying in the Spirit will help you in times such as these. Amen. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 5. I want to read uh, verse 17 through 20. Wherefore, be you not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Don't be unwise, but be understanding what the will of the Lord is. What, what is God's will? And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. So God's given us admonition. Don't do this, but do this. Be filled with the Spirit of God. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. I could stop right there. Go back to the train. <laughs> when the train's going real slow, do you speak to yourselves in psalms, <laughs> hymns, and spiritual songs? Singing and make melody in your heart. Unto the Lord. Most of us don't. But some of us might at times. Like okay. Here's a good time to practice this. So I'm encouraging you. To be filled with the spirit of God. Don't be drunk with wine. Wherein is excess. But be filled with the spirit of God. And offer up praise to him. In times that we've been struggling. Going through or doing something that we really don't want to go through this. We really don't want to be here. We don't want to do this. That's a good time to start speaking to ourselves in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. Making melody in our heart unto Him. See, we can practice doing that. Amen. Y'all remember this message. You'll remember the train. The next time a train's coming... And you get stopped by a train, you're going to be like, I remember that sermon. It's up to you whether you do what you've been told to or not. That's, I can't go with you. But I want to just warn you, Jesus is with you when you stop. It's like, he'll, he'll go, you remember what Pastor Jimmy said? It's like, yeah, but I don't like him. <laughs> All that good stuff. Verse 20, giving thanks always. For all things, that leaves all of us out. Where every one of us are guilty. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Giving thanks always? That's scripture. Boy, it got quiet. I give thanks sometimes unto God. Sometimes I don't give thanks. Sometimes I murmur. Sometimes I complain. I know y'all don't, but I do. But God's saying, be filled with the Spirit. 
allow the Spirit. Here's, here's evidence of being filled with the Spirit. You're going to sing melody to the Lord. You're going to praise Him. You're going to thank Him. You're going to be thankful every time. Every time. Man, even if we could get up to 50%, we'd be doing pretty good, don't you think? If I got 50 on the test, I'd be like better than I have been. <laughs> so let's just let's judge ourselves lest we be judged. Let's let's remember these little bits of scripture when we come up to a problem or situation and we catch ourselves not doing what the Bible says like, "Oh, wait a minute. I got to be thankful. I need to be thankful." Be thankful for your husband. Husbands, be thankful for your wife. Amen. We can, if we just learn to be thankful unto Him always in everything. In, in everything, the Bible says, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So if you don't know what God's will is, I just told you. In everything, give thanks. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. If we didn't learn nothing tonight except us be thankful in everything. Not for everything. When you stump your toe, it's not like, oh, thank you, Lord, I stumped my toe. Thank you, Lord, my wife's going to move that furniture tomorrow. You know, be find something to be thankful for. <laughs> I found out one time what that little toe was made for. It's to find furniture in the dark. Okay, moving right along here. I'm out of time. Mm. We'll start next time with Ephesians chapter 1. I'm going to go ahead and read that next week or the week after, whenever. We're going to keep talking about the Holy Spirit. I've got some scriptures in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I want to cover them and go through a bunch of those. Then we'll get a few more, but I, want, I'm just, I hope that what I'm doing is working in our hearts to realize there's a lot that the Bible has to say about the Holy Spirit. And it's not none of it flaky, none of it scary, like some of us may have been involved in. It's like, oh, they're talking about the Holy Ghost again. It's going to get weird. Well, hopefully it don't get weird. Amen. Now, I'm not afraid of the gifts of the Spirit. I want you to understand, we desire spiritual gifts. We desire the gifts of tongues and interpretation. We desire prophecy. We desire God to move in the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. Amen. I desire to see miracles and healings, the gift of, of tongues and interpretation, all these, the gifts of word of wisdom, word of knowledge. Let's not be afraid of what God's plan is in our life. What I'm doing now is reading scripture to bring us up to Let's not be afraid of God. We can fear, fear the Lord, but not be afraid of what God desires to do in the body of Christ today. This stuff is really real. Amen? We need to be open to the Spirit of God and closed to the devil. We're not going to be flakes, but we are going to be Spirit-filled people loving one another. Amen? Let me pray for you, and we'll go to the house tonight.